Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name's Tommy Hay and I'm joined here in Madrid by regular contributor Daniel O'Dwyer ahead of this weekend's Derby Madrileño between Atletico and Real Madrid. Daniel, I think this derby continues in the vein of other recent clashes between these two teams in the sense that the fans of neither team have any real reason to be particularly confident going into it. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's, a, it's huge. Probably the biggest Madrid derby in, in recent years. Like, you could nearly call it a, a La Liga final, if you will. Like, we could be looking back at this game at the end of the season and say that result has decided the champion of the league. But, yeah, I mean, neither team are going in with any real confidence. They're kind of going in with very contrasting forms. I mean, Atletico have dropped seven points in their last five. They're still five points ahead with a game in hand, but I feel like it was only a few weeks ago on our first podcast we were talking and the lead was nearly double that. I think it was 10 points with two games in hand. And Real, at the same time, they've, I mean, they've won four of their last five, but they've, they've been struggling to score goals as well without Benzema and they've had, they had that draw against Sociedad um, on Monday, which would be leaving them less confident. Yes, yeah, it, it's, it looks like it's kind of taken the wind out of their sails because this game could have been so much more significant if you if you really think about it. You know, had had Madrid won that game against Sociedad and had Atletico dropped points against Villarreal, which they they definitely could have. This game could have been way more significant. Nevertheless, you had an article there saying that yeah. was it from Marca? Yeah, from Marca. I mean, they actually said exactly what you said. I mean, the the subtitle is is yeah, basically saying Madrid would have been going to to the Wanda to become top of the table, and now they're going to not lose the league. But yeah, like the 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 headline is "Habido muerte al derby uh, tras otro pinchazo en casa." So it's saying the derby is life or death now after after another another puncture at home or another. but that's it it's, it's life or death and because it's Marca it's life or death from Madrid's point of view unexpectedly they're focusing on Madrid going into it more than Atletico yeah, <laughs> uh, which is what Marca tend to do uh, in terms of all the all these big games but yeah life or life or death so that's one thing that really hasn't changed is this sense of pressure on, on both teams um, Zidane now Zidane's press conferences are usually nothing to, to write home about with the odd with the odd exception but it's notable how many times he's been asked whether this Real Sociedad was a, a pinchazo as they say like if it's really taken the wind out of their sails in terms of the, of the title race how has this question been framed to him and how has he like reacted to yeah, it yeah I mean he was asked well when he was asked about the derby I mean he said he said queda mucho todos pierden puntos he said there's still a lot of time everyone loses points so I mean, you can probably interpret that in a couple of ways. I, th- I think, do you think maybe he's trying to take the pressure off the derby, maybe with the lack of confidence that, you know, even if we don't win this, they're going to lose more points, we can come back. I don't know what you're... I think that's his rule. His rule is to take the, the pressure off his players. He'll be telling, they'll, they'll be under no illusions of, of how significant this game is from their point of view. His role when he goes out is to is to take the pressure off his players and put the pressure kind of on himself and also just sort of take the take the steam out of any kind of press uh, sort of bombardment on him and and his club and he does it very well. He's very very good at hand on the hand on the press and he he just plays it down. He just says, "Listen, everybody loses games. We've got plenty of time." To, to win this back but he doesn't really say anything of, of note he's just a master at dealing with the press he's so amazingly boring when he goes into these things yeah. it's a real <laughs> it's a real talent and again like we've, we've commented on this before there was a a journalist on, on Cadena Ser on the radio 
a couple of months ago now, and he said um, Zidane doesn't like to talk very much about very many things, and I think that just sums him up uh, perfectly. That's that's what he's like. You know, you ask him a question which could which could provoke an angry reaction. Are you at the title race? You know, when they're so far up the table, that could make a a manager angry. Yeah, just brushes Um, it off. (laughs) He brushes it off. So he's he's really yeah, he's really really good at doing that. Um, looking towards Atletico, I think that um, they are doing what they usually do, and that they're they're going into this with a kind of negative uh, mindset. If you think of the, if you if you just watched a one or two minute highlight video of the, of the Real when you'd think right they're back on track now they're they're going into this strong, but the it's funny that the mentality of, of the average kind of Atletico fan and even former Atletico players is not that um, Kiko Nabayas who was part of the Atletico team in the late 90s early 2000s he was in Diario As a few years ago he was warning against too much optimism on the back of the, the Villarreal win he says and there's the derby mejor hacer memoria before the derby we have to jog our memories he said we should be worried about how we're going into this game we started the match against Villarreal in the same way that we ended it against Levante, giving the opposition far too many opportunities to score. So he's taking him at the, the defensive situation there, the defensive frailties. I don't know what you made of Atletico's performance at the weekend against Villarreal. Like, were they all that bad? Or, you know, is this classic pessimism from, from the Atletico side of I things? I mean, they, they won 2-0 at the end of the day, but Villarreal, Villarreal had plenty of opportunities. They hit the post, there was that kind of goal line scramble I mean it could have easily been a two all draw to be honest VRL could have, could have won the game um, and it was strange I mean they kind of, I think they had far more shots, shots on target against uh, against Luante over the two games when they lost and drew and then against VRL it wasn't it's, like that it's nearly it's nearly like your kind of textbook Atletico uh, less less shots well how, how we've seen them throughout the season this season especially with Suarez his stats of goals to shots on target is outrageous basically a shot on target is a goal mm. and that's kind of the efficient Atletico that we've, that we've come to know over the years as well that, that, that would be taking a very positive view of it that, that they were efficient and it's true like they, they had six shots on goal and five of them were on target so that is efficient well yeah, they're not that, yeah. not that many shots on goal but I would have to say that yeah if you this well, argument that they that they shouldn't be too optimistic after that game it, it actually does hold water if you look at the stats I mean Villarreal 19 shots on goal to Atletico 6 Villarreal had 64% of possession to Atletico's 36 and I think Atleti I don't have the exact number but they put together about half as many passes as Villarreal so they really they, they, they weren't at the races that day yeah I mean um, Oblak Oblak had a few great saves as well to be fair and that's the thing yeah we've kind of Without without Trippier in the side, I saw that yesterday as well. That that was their first clean sheet in all the games Trippier has missed since early January. Since so Sevilla, there have been there have been a lot of defensive defensive weaknesses in that. Yep. But yeah, there's there's I think there there are a few frailties there. Navaya is actually good on to talk about another issue, which is fatigue. Uh, he mentions Koke. He says that he's actually ever so critical of Simeone's squad rotation thing here, and I'd be curious to. To, to hear what you have to say about this he, he says uh, it worries me to see Koke so tired heading into a game of this magnitude that he should have been given a rest and somebody like Torreira Condogbia and Herrera should have played minutes in his place would you think there's a do you think that's a fair point? I mean no disrespect to the other mentioned players but at the end of the day the Real game was as important nearly as the Real game just in the sense that if they lost that 
and then they lost to Real. Real are top of the league. Mm. They needed to win against Villarreal in order to still be top of the league. If they if they lose or draw now against Real Madrid, so I mean, there's an argument for him to be rested, but no, I think I think it was the right decision to play him overall. Certainly in that last game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think I would agree with you. Um. Yeah. On the other hand, I think it's a fair enough point. Like Koke's performances of late. They've been a little bit laboured, I'd have to say. If you if you have watched Atletico for for kind of full ninety minutes, he, he hasn't looked fresh, and I think he probably could have done with a break at some point. But the question is, when do you give him a break? Because a lot of these games, you know, with that slump in form, who do you want in the team? You know, you you do want the likes of Koke yeah. in the team. Um, but it's difficult to kind of weigh up the effect that fatigue will have on the on the team as a whole. Yeah, but I think it's certainly something that slipped our minds, given the fact that so much attention has been placed on. On the absence of Trippier, and that, as you said, the 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 defensive performances since Trippier received his ban. That game against Villarreal, first clean sheet in eight games. It was Sevilla was the last one, as as you said. So, I think Trippier's return is undoubtedly good news. But um, I think Navias is right to point out the fatigue throughout the other areas of the squad could be a. a fine and the other thing to remember, I mean, <clears throat> a few of them have had COVID in the last month or two, and there was there was True. chat of Joe in particular, maybe maybe Lamar as well, not being 100% back to I mean they're fit and everything but like COVID does have its have its lasting kind of effects so I mean that could be another that's another element that fans fans are never going to think of oh well he had COVID a month ago so he's he like he's fine they're not going to think about any kind of lasting repercussions of that mm. that could have an effect on the players so that's true you know. fans are fickle and think they just have very very short memories with these things so football players are superheroes that doesn't, is it doesn't matter what we say or anything they, they just yeah they're like robots they just have to perform when asked um, yeah okay so that's Atletico looking towards Madrid I think there's been some pretty good news with this return of uh, Benzema Antonio Romero wrote in Diario Asti the other day Benzema return of El Llanero Solitario which means return of the the Lone Ranger which I, I love he's called him that because of just the the individual impact that, that the guy has in the team he says since Cristiano Ronaldo's abrupt and ill-timed departure from the club Benzema has proven himself to be the only reliable player in front of goal for Zidane without Benzema it's a constant goal drought and what's even more worrying is that without Benzema, the most likely to score are Casemiro and Ramos. Neither the offensive midfielders nor the other attacking players have been able to show the personality or the quality required to be trusted by the manager on big occasions. Is that overly critical, do you think? It's a, it's a bit harsh. I mean, touch on Benzema on, on the side of just, he obviously has been unbelievable. And it's amazing because he was kind of second fiddle to Ronaldo and to a degree Bale so many years I personally didn't expect him to be as to be scoring as many goals as he has but on the other players I mean for me I'm I'm a big fan of Isco and Asensio and I mean Isco I think there against Sociedad that was his that was his first time starting two games in a row in the league since July last year and I mean he's, wow. a play, he's just he's a player of unbelievable talent and I'm not saying he's going to be buying in 15 goals a season but he, like he's a definite talent and he should be given a good run of games to find a bit of form mm. I mean, there has been a bit of rotation here and there and you can't be I don't know It's yeah I think it is a bit critical of some individuals I think it is critical and as well like, you have to point out that this affirmation that Casemiro and Ramos are the only ones that can be relied upon I don't think it's it's not strictly true in the context of this season Ramos has been injured and things like that and at the end of the day Vinicius and Modric have actually scored more than Ramos they've got four goals each and they're attacking players. 
um, you would say. Hazard and Valverde have scored just as many as him, and they've had injuries too. So I think it's maybe in the context of this season, it's not true, but um, I think the truth remains that Benzema is the top scorer, like by a long shot, by a long shot. He's got 16 goals so far this season. That's 10 more than Casemiro, who's number two. So him coming back is just like, I mean, it's it's so important, so important. Question is, will he start? And you you look at the stats, you think, okay, he has to, he has to. There's no way he can't. But we don't know. I think we won't know for sure until Sunday. My my opinion is he will. If it was another season, another game, maybe Real Madrid had more people scoring goals, as you say. Like maybe he'd be, be rested or come off the bench, but just given how much they like, we saw them, saw them against Sociedad, and they should have been, they should have been two 0 up at halftime. Like Atlanta against ten men for 60, 70, 70 minutes, I think it was. They they struggled to score until Mendy towards the end. Like you just, yeah. For me, he will start. He has to start. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Disco. Would you? Would if you had to put your money on it, do you think he'll be getting a game or? I'm I'm torn between Isco and Vinicius, but I think I think Isco will start. I think he was he was one of their best players against Sociedad, and yeah, I, th- I think he will. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a bit biased. I'm a, I'm a big Isco fan. But yeah, I me think too. he will start ahead of Vinicius. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Isco as well. Would love to see him get a go in a, in a really big game because first half of the season he was used in games that were either a, a sure win or a. Or something that you know, like, or a cup game, or something, you know, or you know, both. In the case of Alcoyano, Alcoyano yeah, he's given a start in that game, and you know, horrendous for him that wasn't, night. Wasn't the game for him. No, <laughs> definitely not. And uh, I with that pitch, and also the the Valencia game, which he started in as well, which turned out to be a hammering. So the first half of the season was pretty miserable for him. It's good to see him back in the back in the setup this time. But will Zidane trust him? That's the that's the question. You know, you don't that's know. It. I mean. Yeah, <clears throat> he hasn't always had the most faith in him, but I don't know. For me, he was one of the best players the other night, and I think he does deserve to be to be back back in the starting eleven. But, That's it. But we'll see. Never know it at. Going over to Atletico, I think Trippier will start this game because it's a lot has been made as as we've touched on uh, about Atletico's defensive record since he since his ban started and all that. But he's been out for a long time. It's been a really long time that he's been out, and it, this is probably the last game you'd want a potentially non-match fit player starting in um, will Simeone include him do you think? That's it I mean you can kind of draw comparisons to the back, to the to the Benzema situation yeah another day another season maybe with better if he had better options behind Trippier in that, in that position he wouldn't be but again I think he has to I mean yeah they, have, they haven't kept a clean sheet since he was since he last played I was apart from sorry apart from last weekend mm. And uh, he's just—he's been unbelievable for them as well. He got an assist in that last game against Seville as well. I mean, like going forward and defensively, he's just been great for them. And, you know they've had Rosalco and uh, Urente played there as well. Like they haven't really had anyone fill his boots, if you will, in that position. Yeah. I think for me, he will start. Yeah, I heard as well. I know he was originally banned from training as well, but then I heard he was training with them. He's been doing individual stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's now back, but he's doing individual stuff, and I think he's actually the. I read uh, on Wednesday that he had molestias, which is like um, aches, and pains. aches and pains is probably the best way to translate. He's been having aches and pains, but he should be more than okay to start. But I think 
the fact that he does have aches and pains, it makes me think. I mean, Christ, is he is he match fit? Like, you know, yeah. will, would he be able to go into this? Like, it's it's been a in football terms, it's been a long time out. In real terms, it's not really been that long at all. But in football terms, the amount of games that these guys play, how often they play it, yeah. you do wonder. You know, is he going to be potentially, you know, not match fit? If he isn't match fit, I think we'll figure out very fast in this game. Yeah, <laughs> I think we'll become apparent very early. <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, I think given given how they're going to set up, I think he will play because I'm I'm expecting to see another Simeone masterclass, very very defensive. So I imagine he will be in that role. Now that's an interesting point. We're going to get onto that in a in a second. Where like, you know how he is going to set up for the game because it's um, that's a that, that's one of the biggest questions. I think it's going to be one of the most determining factors. Not only how they set up on the pitch, but psychologically as well. So should be interesting before we go on to our preview and I ask for your prediction of what you think the the, the result's going to be are there any other headlines in other areas of the league that uh, have caught your attention um, outside of this Madrid derby um, well I mean we can't ignore the uh, Barca gate yep uh, Bartomeu's arrest it's, um, it's incredible it's, it's just bad news after bad news with Barcelona there's oh. just every day it's uh, difficult time to be a, to be a Barca fan at the moment every yeah. week something new is coming out I mean yeah I, I, I couldn't believe it <laughs> it's I mean it's yeah the four of them were arrested as well the CEO Oscar Grau yeah um, right hand man Mas Ferrer and uh, uh, Roman Gomez Punto's like responsible for the legal services and that at the club so um, worrying times for them I think and uh, obviously it comes in the mid of in the midst of elections too you know yeah. and uh They've the, the candidates have all been forced to react to this to the this this bad news and things and while trying to maintain this image of Barca as like a club that's going forward and all that it's very difficult for them isn't it yeah. um, the the three candidates yeah I mean yeah there were there were reactions in in La Marca as well and one of the interesting ones I mean they were all kind of just saying this is very damaging to the to the image and the prestige of the club and like he's assumed innocent until proven guilty and whatnot. and uh, Freysia had Tony Freysia had an interesting reaction he said uh, there are a lot of people wanting to hurt Barcelona and we won't let them you'll never walk alone <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting you know that that's like because it's without trying to give a, a kind of a, an opinion which is like this is an open and shut case it does look like he's not He's, it's been a misuse of, 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 of members' funds, yeah. which is it's illegal to do that. You, yeah. you can't use the, the members' funds. Just, just to give a, a kind of brief summary of the situation, it was uh, he basically used the money of, of members to mount a kind of online smear campaign against, uh, against elements that were working against him in, in the club, including players, yeah. uh, including Messi, including... PK and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, uh, to mount an online smear campaign against people, that that is, it looks like an open and shut kind of uh, case of misuse of public funds. So, it's interesting that Freysia came out and actually kind of, I would say, supported Bartomeu yeah, in this. More or less, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is an unpopular opinion, but it is nevertheless one that exists. Diario Sport, which has had, um, has been very criticised for this this title. They they went on Tuesday with the head uh, the headline coup against Barca, and that took a very critical view of the of Bartomeu's arrest for charges, including but not limited to the misuse of of, of public funds of, of members' funds. Now th- this is significant, and it was so controversial because the word coup in Spain golpe it has a very 
has very powerful connotations goes back to the Civil War. General General Franco's coup in 1936 started the Civil War. It's a very, very powerful thing to say uh, in this country. And, and more recently in Catalonia, where the, the independence referendum in 2017 uh, took place, that was judged by the Supreme, the Supreme Court to be unconstitutional. And it was described in the media as a coup, a coup d'etat. So it's a very, very powerful thing to to say. And incidentally, the misuse of funds, that was one of the charges that was brought against those Catalan politicians, which got a lot of them very lengthy um, jail sentences and things like that. And activists as well, political activists, not just politicians. And a lot of them were charged with misuse of, of funds. So the comparison hasn't been lost in some sections of the media. Now, some people that are on Bartomeu's side think that that's just... A very appropriate comparison to be made that there's a that uh, Freysia says that there are people out to heart Barca yeah. other people think it's a total exaggeration and actually quite disrespectful because if you're comparing events like General Franco's coup or um, you know the removal of uh, the removal of for example politicians from office or things like that I think it's, it's an incredibly strong comparison to make and it's just it's a very sensitive way to talk about such a thing so but it's so early that we don't really know yeah don't know what's going to happen we don't know how the situation's going to evolve so um, should be interesting right before we do our our, our, um, our predictions I would like to ha- do a, a quick weekend preview what games stand out for you outside of the big the big derby outside of the big derby yeah <laughs> we'll talk about that um, I mean first game of the weekend at Friday you've got Valencia against Villarreal you've got Valencia who I mean they're they're still in this relegation battle realistically it's mm. just I mean we've talked about it before it was just awful to see and they just lost 3-0 to Getafe in that yeah. uh, against the Villarreal team who were unfortunate as we said to lose to lose to Atletico um, and yeah they've just dropped I think it's the first time first time could be the first time all season while they've dropped out of the, out of the top six out of the European spots and as well that's Vier, uh, sorry Unai Emery it's his uh in his managerial career, that's his first time not winning a league game in seven, seven straight matches, which is couldn't believe that when you told me that. But crazy. yeah, it's just it's it's a shame because it's a team. I, I wrote an article for GSFN at the um, pre-season saying that they really had to be going for fourth via Real, and the ambitions of the club really seem to be orient, uh, oriented towards that. And I think that was one of the biggest reasons why Callejo was sacked and Emery was brought in. Emery is a guy that's taken teams to Europe before to the Champions League spots and, you know, competed in that. He's managed a a top six club in England. He's a top manager. He really is a top manager. And um, the ambitions of the club have been moving towards that direction. The signs that they made in summer, there was a real feel-good factor with Villarreal in this pre-season. And... You'd have to say that for probably, I would say the majority of the season they've been there or thereabouts, but to drop out of those positions is... It's only really in the last month and a half or so they've really dropped, so yeah. I don't know, they'll be desperate to get away now. That's it. And it's a derby of sorts. It's not the it's not the biggest derby in the Valencian community, but Villarreal are, are Castellón and Valencia are the Valencia capital region. So it's a, it is a derby of sorts. I, don't, I think Valencia-Levante is actually bigger. That's my personal opinion, but... I'm a bit of a Levante fan, so that's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. As a as regarding a, a derby, the teams like local teams and that are being closer together. It's more of a derby, but probably just historically, no, not historically, but just Villarreal and Valencia are, are two bigger teams. They're bigger, yeah. They, the they are bigger, yeah. Group, fan culture aside, they are they are bigger teams. So I think that's definitely one to watch. Uh, your second pick was Osasuna against Barcelona. Why have you Why have you 
going for that one. I mean, it's as as we say, it's it's always good to watch the good teams and to watch the big teams. Barcelona as well. I mean, they've been they've been absolutely flying in the league as well. They've won four of their last five and just drawn the one. And now Messi seems to be really fine in form again. It's three goals ahead of Suarez now as well. And they'll know obviously that the the derby's the day after, so they'll want to take advantage, knowing that at least one of their rivals is going to drop some points. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see Barcelona out of it. Yeah, I mean they're they're second now, level on points with Real. So see where they go from here and let's see if if the off the pitch uh, problems seem to affect them or if they still go the same on the pitch I don't know it's true like, I missed all the, the off the pitch stuff and probably the the bad feeling that came after the I would say the, the Sevilla defeat in the Copa del Rey and also the the Champions League loss to PSG there was a, a little kind of little dip yeah, a little dip, but I mean, in the league, no, this is actually probably the best moment in the season for them. Yeah, they've come back and beaten Sevilla there, uh, 2-0 last weekend. So. And very convincingly, Sevilla didn't look dangerous at all against them, so I don't know exactly why that happened, but um, they, they won, I would say, fairly comfortably against Sevilla, so interesting. And from Osasuna's point of view, um, very, very, very important win at the weekend there against Alaves. Um, they don't have that cushion that they had last season they were I would say they were flying at certain points last season the first half when Chimi Avila was banging in the goals then when Avila got injured they really started a slump but they they pulled away to such an extent that it wasn't that significant they never looked like they were too much in danger this season they really could be in danger you know they're they're floating about that kind of bottom area so that win at Alaves was, was very big for them they're at home against Barcelona obviously without the home crowd so you would fancy Barcelona to go there to pick up points given uh, current form and all that but you know you never know it would be it would be good from Osasuna's point of view if they could uh, kick on from that win against uh, against Alaves yeah I mean they have they've picked up some serious serious form to be fair look at that now they've won four four in their last six and they only they only have seven wins, so they've won more in their last six than they than they've won for the rest of the season up until then. So let's see if they can push on from here. I mean, I don't I don't think they're going to get a result against Barcelona, but in the coming weeks, a man can dream, an Osasuna fan can dream, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and the last one you've gone for is Cadiz versus Eibar. Why have you Why have you gone for that? Yeah, I mean just purely because it's the, the most important match of the weekend regarding the relegation battle. I mean, you've got Cadiz in fifteenth. 25 points, three points ahead of Ibar in 16th, so they'll both be gunning for a win. But I don't know, some of these some of these relegation battle matches have been disappointing in recent weeks, a lot of draws and that, so we'll see what happens there. Can't be more disappointing than the top games, these so called big games at the top of the yeah. Premier League, can they? Did you watch Manchester United against Chelsea at the weekend? <laughs> I did, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was an absolute shocker. Watch Cadiz versus Abar, something interesting might happen, at least yeah, it's there'll significant. Be, there'll be at least a goal, I'd say. That's it. One goal, so. That's it. Shock and defending, that's guaranteed for goals. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I think those are three very good picks, but undoubtedly the game you've, you've all got to be watching Sunday uh, is, this, uh, is the Derby. Um, I'm going to ask you for your predictions on it. I'll give you mine in a second. Prediction on the match. I'm not going to give you a score, I, I hasten to add. But if you want to give me a score, that's okay. I'll give a score, yeah. Go I for mean, it. I, if I was a betting man, which, which I am, <laughs> I'd, probably, I'd probably put my money on, on nil all. I mean, I, I, hope, I hope it's nil all. Mm. I mean, they've played, they've played three games in the league in the Wanda, and two have been nil all, and then Real won the other three one. I think it could very easily be nil all, but... My actual prediction, 
I'm going to change and say it's going to be 1-0 Real, which I hope isn't true. I think Real are going to have all the ball. I think Oblak's going to make a few good saves, but I think they're going to nick 1-0. If I go one step further with a, a real prediction, 1-0, mm. second half, Benzema header. Yeah. Make it. Yeah. I think so. Well, well he's, he's back, second, yeah. No, say second is. half that'll that'll hedge my bets in case he only comes on yeah true if he doesn't start so it would be a second half thing yeah I think it's I'm going to completely disagree I think I think Atletico are favourites going into this but I think what happens in the game depends on how they set up I think psychologically also in terms of the lineup as well I think the I think the most important position is we've touched on are the fullbacks. Because you know they, they played with that that back three in that last game did not work at all. Um, Kiko Navarez points out in his article that Atletico's left hand side could be a real problem should Madrid choose to exploit that. Uh, Chukwueze had a brilliant game down the right hand side for for Villarreal the weekend and gave him also a horrendous time. Hermoso did not look happy there at all. So if Carrasco is fit, which he looks like he probably should be, yeah, he probably should be. To be back. The speculation he might not be, but like I think he. It looks like at the moment that he, he probably should be. If he's fit and he starts to give on the left and Trippier does the same on the right, it changes everything. It seriously does change everything. You've got, those, you've got those two guys in there and he makes the players around him work much better. It makes Lamar work better on the left-hand side because he's, le- he's less stuck on the left because he's not having to think about coming back and helping Hermoso or, or, uh, or whatever. He can play more in the centre where, where he plays better. And also Llorente's just got a brilliant relationship with Trippier. And on the right hand side they just really know how to play well together so I think you get those two guys in it's yeah. going to make a big difference yeah 100% and I wouldn't I wouldn't even disagree that their favourites going into it Yeah, it's just something about Atletico against Real Simeone against Real as well I mean I think he's he's won he's won four four out of out of 18 league games against Real drawn mm. seven and lost seven and no matter what form they're in, no matter what form Real are in, Real just seem to always get a result. Yeah. And particularly the fact that they've scored one goal at the one, two draws and a loss. I don't know. I think for them, for Atletico, it's it's a lot more of a must-not-lose game than a must-win game. And if mm. there's any team that can go out to play to not lose, we've seen Atletico do that again and be interesting to see just how defensively are if they, if they drop to six at the back again at certain times in the game <laughs> like against Chelsea yeah, yeah but th- this is the thing is he going to do that how stubborn is Simeone that's a really difficult question to answer extremely I think he's very <laughs> yeah he's very very stubborn but and also he's not going to have that fear of the Atletico fans there being on his back I think if you're an Atletico fan you're going to be looking at games where Simeone has taken a more let's say pragmatic approach played it safe so to speak that's true um, I guess you'd there's... be reluctant to see that again you would yeah. be. I mean, I mean, like, like, I think it's fair to say that he was overly cautious the last time that the two played Valdebebas. Way, way too cautious going into that game, and the Chelsea defeat still fresh in the mind. But the difference is when they when they played that last derby, they were on a roll, a serious roll. They were flying going into that game, and he still played defensively. But I think this time the Chelsea defeat is still fresh in the mind. So this is it as well. I think we we, we watched the last game together, didn't we? Um, mm. I mean, they didn't play well. They were too defensively, but this is this other thing that scares me as well. Just Zidane just has this knack of getting a result when he needs it. Mm. So after that draw on Monday night, I mean, going into that week before the first derby, he was under a lot of pressure. His job, everything, and they had the win, win against Sevilla, the win against Munchen Gladbach, and then mm. they went and beat Atletico two 0 in the same week. And 
I don't know. I I just fear that that Real are are going to nick it. Yeah, I think Atletico. Yeah, will win it. I've I've got. I think if you're looking at it from a, a, a if you're an Atletico supporter, you're thinking, is he going to do the same as what he did against Chelsea? I think it's just a little bit too recent. And although I know Simeone's stubborn, I know he is, but I think that they'll go and try and take this game to them. And the fact that those two fullbacks are are there or should be there in theory, Trippier and Carrasco, you plays both of them. It's a different Atletico to what we've seen in the last few games since that the Sevilla defeat. And since Carrasco got injured against uh, Granada, I think they'll be ready to. I think they'll. I think th- they should take the game to Madrid. Now, are those two guys going to be fit? Are they going to be themselves in this game? That's another question. This is it. Yeah. That's why it's so unpredictable. Yeah, that's it. That's what makes it so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> They've got another another man as well. Who I mean, he played. Uh, they were obviously very defensive in the first game this season. But mm. Suarez has a handy enough record against Real. He's mm. got nine goals and three assists in La Liga and twelve appearances. So a goal contribution a game. So don't know. Let's see if he can. Well, he hasn't. He hasn't scored now in in about a month. Yeah. But, uh, let's see if he can find his shooting boots again and make a difference I, I hope I hope you proved me wrong <laughs> she'll be very interesting <laughs> no matter what she'll be very interesting um, okay well that's all we've got time for this week thanks for joining us as always uh, we'd like to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter uh, at Get Spanish Football News and you can also visit our website at Get Football News Spain for all the latest on what's happening in Spanish football thanks again Daniel for joining thanks us thanks for having me uh, a pleasure as always and uh, for those of you listening we will see you again soon Adiós. Hasta luego.